Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 29. The crew's here with you. How's it going, Richard? What's up? Hey, everyone. What's going on? And with us, as always, Seth, or as you know him, Saffron Olive. What's up, Seth? Not much, guys. How you doing? Doing okay. And Chaz here, as always. So, um, on this episode's docket, we got Star City Game stuff. A lot of stuff happening on uh, on that front. So we'll be talking about mostly the standard open, which was the most important uh, event because, you know, still standards is in flux, Magic Origins and its impact. We'll touch on the modern IQ and the legacy IQ. Then we're going to talk about um, some price movement and coupled with that uh, Pro Tour. And then we got some fish mail. So uh, why don't I open up to the floor to you guys? So second week, this is the kind of last week before the looming Pro Tour, which is going to be this weekend. Um, Seth, what did you think? Um, it was a pretty sweet tournament. The winning deck, uh, the Abzan Rally deck, was awesome. Like, such a well-built and very fun-to-watch deck. Other than that, not a whole lot that was exciting. There was some Abzan Constellation, a green-red ramp deck, and then a lot of Bant Heroic for some reason, which I know you like <laughs> that deck, Chaz, but that's like one of my least... That's right up there with Mono Red for decks that I hate the most in Magic. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this off-cast. You hate cheap, aggressive decks. I love them, so naturally I'm a big fan of Heroic. Two uh, Ban Heroic decks getting in there, piloted by none other than Chris Van Meter and Todd Anderson. And uh, to be honest, I mean, I love you, Chris Van Meter. Hope you uh, are watch- or listening to the cast. I don't know how you pulled out some of those games, man. I mean, every time I saw him on camera, he had like 12 lands in play, and... It just looked bleak. <laughs> 12 lands of play with Heroic is just not where you want to be. Um, Richard, did you get to watch any of the uh, coverage? Uh, I didn't get to watch any of the coverage, so all I got to do was peruse the deck list. And uh, Seth is right. Banned Heroic is just all over the place. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. It's because it <laughs> plays zero new cards. <laughs> zero new cards. It's exactly the same deck uh, you know, that's been showing up. So when I saw Absent Rally, you know... The, that deck is just wow, right? It's yeah. The, the synergies in that deck and it it seems fun. Uh, it it's competitive. It, it obviously won. Uh, so it, it kind of gets all the brewers going. So I like seeing decks like that, uh, which I guess we'll see more of during the pro tour. Um, but then you know you have your absent mid range and your banter rolling. So it's like yeah, we've seen all this and we know what it's about. Yeah. Um, now to ask both of you um, your opinions. I mean, just to briefly talk about a few of the the top eight deck lists, including the one piloted by Ray Tautic, the Abzan Rally deck. So that's two weeks in a row that Rally has kind of not... Well, this one it won, and then the last tournament last week, it placed in the top eight. Is this a deck that we can expect at Pro Tour, Seth? Um, I think there's a decent shot. At the same time, I think that the deck doing so well recently means it's on everyone's radar. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Pro teams come prepared for graveyard strategies with uh, some cranial archives or um, other cards that can kind of beat uh, the rally deck on their own. So we'll see what happens as far as uh, the testing and what shows up next weekend. Yeah, Hallowed Moonway comes to uh, mind, too, as a pretty good way to combat this deck. Uh, Richard, what do you think? I think we'll see it. Uh, whether it sees yeah. any success is the other question. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. like, you know, when... Uh, 
when Wilder Cottle was unbanned, and everyone was like, oh my god, Zoo's gonna, like, take over the Pro Tour. Everyone came ready for it, and it ended up doing nothing. So maybe everyone packs Graveyard Hate, and this deck is not a thing. Or maybe they pack Graveyard Hate, and this deck just adop- uh, adapts and, like, you know, rolls the field anyway. Uh, so I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, but I, I expect, you know, there will be some percentage of players playing this deck at the Pro Tour. Yeah, now maybe it would just was uh, the coverage... Um choices on which decks and which uh, matches they decided to cover. But I don't know about you, Seth, but whenever I saw the Rally deck on camera, it was just dominating the other deck. Yeah, most of the matches I saw, it wasn't even close. Like, it just felt like it was in control the whole game. And even if it was behind, you knew that there was this Rally lurking around the corner that was going to blow the whole game out of the water anyway. So it felt extremely dominant this weekend. I think it went... Uh, lost one game and drew one game in the Swiss and then won its way right through the top eight. So it was a really impressive performance. Yeah, absolutely. So just, um, I mean, we've all been through a lot of pro tours. Uh, I would have to think it lean towards Richard that it will show up, but how successful it is is kind of up in the air. Just trying to remember back even the most previous, uh, the most recent pro tours, it kind of seems like it is going to be that mixed um, format uh, composition going on, right? Where there's some limited, some uh, constructed, right? Yeah, about yeah. half and half, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the, the kind of decks that they choose are kind of indicative of how long they are going to be playing standard for, you know, on and off. So maybe the Rally deck is as good in the sense that you only get to play X amount of games with it and you don't have to go really a long uh, period of time in the Swiss. So uh, it could be an attractive uh, option, but. Um, from what I can remember, a lot of the pros seem to like the very steady value or, you know, value mid-range decks or control decks. So um, maybe I'm wrong on that. It, I mean, I'm just trying to remember from the last two pro tours. Uh, am I wrong in that? No, I, I think you're right. I mean, when you're a pro, you expect to be better than your opponent most of the time. I even think on the pro tour, you know you're up against good competition, but I think you have a level of confidence where you think you can beat most people, at least the very good players. So you want to pick a deck that gives you the best chance to win a matchup based on your play skill and swing it a couple percentage points based on your ability as a Magic player. So consistent mid-range and control strategies work really well with that thinking. Yeah, and to to piggyback what you just said, um, with that line of thinking, uh, I would have to say turn four, they're going to want to be casting Siege Rhino, so... I mean, it just kind of seems like the very safe deck right now. Uh, it even showed up a lot the past two weeks um, to try and combat this green-red devotion thing, which I also think will be at the Pro Tour. Um, these Abzan control lists that are just pure value. Yeah, I think it's going to depend on the metagame. Like, I think if the pros find a deck that they feel really breaks the format, they'll all play it, right? Like something right. like the Aristocrats True. or, um, I don't know, like Spirits or, you know, Mono... X devotion or whatever they feel it's really good they'll play it but if they if they can't find such a deck they'll just fall back on their favorites you know Kibler will play you know some red greenish deck or something you know Paulo will play some control deck Elsie will play some control deck so I think it'll kind of depend on how the metagame is but you know there there'll be some people I'll just play whatever they'll play well I expect to see Craig West go with White Weenie um, but you know it, it kind of depends on what they've discovered during their testing and uh 
you know, unless you're an actual pro in, you know, inside their houses, seeing what they're doing, <laughs> uh, we're just going to have to sit and wait, right? We're going to have to see yeah. what shows up on camera and what's actually successful and see if someone broke the format, right? Maybe Abzan Rally is that format breaking deck. Maybe it's not, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you nailed it right on the head, Richard. And, and we are kind of just idle speculating at this point uh, because you're right. We don't know uh, unless some insider information uh, comes our way or something like that. We, we really don't know uh, what the testing groups are doing right now. So mostly standard is uh, wide open right now. And it, we said this before. I mean, last week it was just it was wide open then, too. So a lot of questions going into the pro tour. Either of you have a bold statement going into Pro Tour? Well, Seth, this isn't exactly a bold statement, but I wanted to mention one thing that makes me super excited for this Pro Tour in specific is right now we're at a stage where Standard is as big as it can possibly be. We have all of Theros block and M15. We have all of Khan's block and Magic Origins. And not only is this as big as Standard gets, but it'll never be this big again because we're going into the new rotation schedule where there won't be this many sets legal at once. So right now there is, in theory, more things you can do in standard than there typically is for a pro tour. So I'm really hoping that we see something off the wall with Demonic Pact or Starfield of Nyx or Rally <laughs> the Ancestors, like with some of these powerful but not uh, the cards that don't have any evident home right off the bat. That hopefully the pros can break some of these and make it a really exciting tournament. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Richard. Bold predictions? I don't know. I I, I'm thinking we're seeing Demonic Pact show up. Right. <laughs> I, that's my hope. And, you know, not show up in, like, some weird deck tech where the deck, like, just drops after day one, but, like, it'll put up a strong showing. <laughs> I think it's a really um, strong card yeah. that people haven't uh, fully learned how to use yet. So hopefully someone figures out a home for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good... Uh... I think that's a good prediction. Um, I hope someone loses because of the last loss as well. <laughs> they're like, they got their opponent on lethal. They're like, no, no. And the demon comes in and spikes them away. Well, as long as they don't click the confirmation box, I think you'll be okay. Judge comes over and just punches them out. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> they made, I mean, I'm glad they made that little confirmation box on Moto, just in case you... You choose the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, oops, I chose lose the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anything jumping out with Modern or Legacy, the IQs? Um, no? No, nothing. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Um, we're back to the normal uh, no days undoing <laughs> affinity, Richard, unfortunately. Well, I, I was going to break the format this weekend, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I had a Merfolk deck, and had I remembered before I registered my deck, I would have just slapped some days on doing in there and, and took it for a run. <laughs> I mean, hey, might as well. Because right? I'm like, yeah, man, you just like have a Vile and Meryl, uh, Meryl Regery, and then you just days on doing and go to town on their turn. That's my plan. That's true. Next, next, next time I play Legacy, I'm going to get some days on doing and just jam in my Merfolk deck. Hey, I, I mean, if I see you top eight one of these IQs, I'd be very happy. I'll let you know right. so you can buy some days on Dune. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, please. That would be great uh, before they spike insanely. Um, okay, so that kind of wraps up the uh, our, our interpretations of the uh, events going on this past uh, Star City Games and kind of chatter going into Pro Tour. I mean, unfortunately, we'd love to talk more about Pro Tour, but 
I mean, it, your guess is as good as mine, or ours, rather, about what really is going to show up. So, with that being said, um, Seth, let's let's do some price movement. Sweet. All right, looking at the standard list for the weekly changes, we have the Planeswalker, whose name I don't like to say. Uh, <laughs> that's the new Jace, up 44% again. Um, Rally the Ancestors, Hangerback Walker, Obelisk of Ur, Demonic Pact, Liliana, Heretical Hearer, Ojitai's Command, Nissa Vastwood Seer, Thopter Spy Network, and Court of Calling. And then moving to the losers, we got Goblin Pile Driver, Collected Company, Erebos's Titan, Kaithan Hero of Akros, Windswept Heath, Avaricious Dragon, Evolutionary Leap, Languish, Days Undoing, and Archangel of Tithes. So, to interpret uh, these weekly changes, um, it's pretty obvious. I mean, uh, good cards are going up in price. Cards that aren't seeing a lot of play are going down in price. (laughs) Brilliant financial advice. Good cards go up, bad cards go down. (laughs) I mean, it's just, that's how it goes sometimes, week to week. I mean, Rally the Ancestors, uh, before these past two weeks... Uh, if you were monitoring any kind of moto um, dailies, this was a thing a few months back, uh, but prior to the Pro Tour before this. And if you somehow were invested in them and, and sat on them, kudos. If not, I mean, we're, now we're looking at a $3 Rally the Ancestors up from basically bulk. I mean, this was sitting around like $0.25 cents a quarter. So... Or twenty cents to a quarter, rather. Um, Hangerback Walker continues to show that it's uh, very good in a multitude of decks. That's going to continue to go up. Um, Nissa as well, just you know, may may not be as flashy as Jace, but still just as effective. Uh, Jace, I mean, I don't know how much longer it can keep this price, but I mean, if this car ends up doing well at Pro Tour as well, I mean, we're looking at a forty dollar Planeswalker. I mean, that's just it. I, I I think it'll just keep going up. It'll soak up a majority of the value in the set. And um, a lot of the other cards will go down. Um, and this kind of goes in line of what you said uh, when you did your EV article, Seth. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with this set is there isn't any expensive rare land cycle. And there's not a lot of expensive rares altogether. So we can have really expensive mythics in this set and still have the set down under EV. So I don't. I think it's definitely possible that Jace keeps going up as much as it pains me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's unfortunate for for you actually, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, on the on the loser side, I mean, those are all cards that are not performing. Um, Collected Company is still down from that Clash Pack. Windswept Teeth as well. So. That's really all I can interpret. For modern, let's do weekly change. We got Life from the Loam, top of the list, Gorio's Vengeance, Liliana of the Veil, Aether Vile, Tarmogoyf, Beseju, Glimmervoid, Fulminator Mage, Ip That Betrays, Life from the Loam. Uh, the Losers, Arcbound Ravenger, Blood Moon, Elish Norn, Avacyn, Vendillion Click, Wiltleaf Liege, Cryptic, Iona, and Doubling Season. So, what can we draw from these? Uh, well, we had a couple of the 
spoilers from the from the Vault Angels, right? Yes, Avison and Iona. Avison and Iona. Yeah. So those obviously are going down. Um, where's Life from the Loan coming from? Uh, is that just Legacy, Richard? Uh, I don't know. Many people play lands and need that one card for Jund in the sideboard. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I would say it's probably more modern hype, no? Like, people keep uh, trying to make a loam deck work in modern? I guess, but, I mean, I, I'm not seeing that many loam decks in modern. Are you, uh, Seth? I'm not, I mean, I, I look pretty, uh, steadily on, uh, the dailies. No, I, I haven't noticed any huge uptick. Um, I'm I'm not 100% sure, really, uh, why Loam. I think it was there last week, too, when we talked about it. It was on the winner's list, so. Yeah, I'm just going to have to say it's Legacy. I mean, a lot of people play lands. <laughs> well, it's played basically any kind of grindy green deck. So, like, versions of Maverick, uh, you'll see it in Jund as, like, a sideboard card sometimes. Uh, Bug sometimes plays it, but... Who plays Legacy? Like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know that there's that many Legacy players. Yeah, I mean, like, it's up 100%. Life from the low. Right? right, I mean, it's up basically 100% now because it was hovering around, like, what, 4 bucks, Seth? Uh, it was down near that, yeah. And, I mean, I think it also benefited, obviously, from not getting um, another reprint, so. True. It's I down think... on Magic Online, though. So that's interesting. Well, I mean, it, your question of who plays Legacy... Uh, it's not a lot on paper. It's probably even less online, right? I think oh, everything is online. Is the last stronghold of legacy? Oh, is it? Recent oh, announcements. Okay. I don't know. Oh. Well, we'll definitely get into that uh, as part of our fish mail because you guys are going to have plenty of time to talk about the shortcomings of Moto. What do you guys um, think of uh, Lily here? I, I just realized she's a hundred bucks online and a hundred bucks in paper. Jace is about a hundred bucks. She's like up there for the most expensive planeswalker, and apparently I mean, right that that promo did nothing, right? The region the regional PTQ promo didn't put a dent in her price. So no, it really didn't. <laughs> it really didn't. Um, Are they gonna put her back in standard? I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. Oh, so. I mean they were close, but I don't know if uh, I really don't know to be honest. I think it's possible. Possible that what? That it. I think it's possible that it could return to standard. I don't think it's so. Like, it's not like Jace where it's just so overpowered on its face. You're like, this will never show up in standard again. In the right standard, I think Liliana is relatively safe. I, I think once Theros is gone, I think it's fine. Like you don't get that double black for devotion. Um. You know, all that stuff kind of just goes out the window. Uh, Abzan would be amazingly good, uh, but it's already pretty damn good, so I don't know. I think you still need tokens. You need tokens around to not have her be overpowered, like Lingering Soul-type cards. Otherwise, she's really strong. Yeah, she's really strong. I mean, we do have Jeskai tokens, so maybe that keeps it in... uh, Like, remember, Liliana the Veil was in a standard with... Uh, lingering souls with undying with like strangle root guys and things like that and she was still pretty good right like all of these things that kind of counter her you know staying around you know, front the last troll or something was there as well i think yeah you know a lot of things were there for her and she was still quite good so without those it might be a bit too powered but 
I don't really want to see a reprint in standard. Like, I do for a, a price perspective, but I kind of want a new Liliana card. Like, You just got one. What? I want another one. Like, <laughs> why, why keep, you know, it's like the Chandra, right? Like, why keep giving us the same Chandra? Give us a new one every time, right? I am pretty tired of seeing Chandra. I, I want a new Lily as well. <laughs> and I keep getting, uh, so just to keep it in the financial uh, realm, I keep getting asked about Chandra and all these flip walkers. Well, I mean, Jace was good, so all the Flipwalkers must be good now. Yeah, I mean, they're all going to be good, but, I mean, Seth, we saw um, Chandra on camera, like, one time, and I don't know if you were watching the same game I was, but it took a lot to make Chandra even, like, a factor in the game. Yeah, it did. I mean, in the argument that because one member of a cycle is good, the others should be, like... Cryptic Command is good, but Incendiary <laughs> Command isn't good. Like, <laughs> no, it certainly isn't. One's $30, one's both. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't have high hopes for Chandra still. Like, Obviously, some of the Planeswalkers are good, and some, like Jace, are way better than I thought, but Chandra isn't one of those. I still stand by my thinking that she's near the bottom of the Planeswalker pecking order. Uh, so <laughs> call it right there, Chandra to win Pro Tour Magic Origins. show Seth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, I kind of have the feeling it's like, okay, you got Jace, just be happy with that, okay? Like, sure, he's good. You got Jace, and to defend you as well, Seth. So, uh, I, I, I mean, Chandra again, like, uh, Jace has shown me on camera that it's good. Like Chandra, like he need, she needed three like lightning strikes and all this kind of stuff going on. It just didn't, and then and then it flipped, and then it like didn't even do anything. Yeah, it just flipped and died the next turn, I think. If yeah, I it's like, right. <laughs> which is which is essentially what I think it's gonna do. Like eighty, ninety percent of the time, it's on the field, flips and then dies. <laughs> yeah, because like, really, what does two damage do these days? Uh, kills a Seder Wayne Finder, I guess. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it just gets rallied back anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So before we move on from the modern prices, I wanted to say one of the things that stuck out to me is just how few uh, changes there really were this week. Like the winners and the losers, we're looking at 3%, 5%, 2%. This, like everything is really calmed down from where it was a month ago when we were seeing 100% increases on multiple cards every week for like a month or two in a row. So everything's kind of quieted down, modern season's winding down. And it's kind of refreshing to not see a whole bunch of craziness anymore and kind of normalcy a little bit in the price world. Absolutely. And and you're mostly talking about the modern in side. In the modern things. side of things. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like the Wild West sometimes when modern season comes around, especially uh, in those years that a modern Masters comes out. Because, you know, next year it might be similar, but I think it's – because of the modern masters set getting released that there's that increased interest. Um, and basically you have these cars that don't get reprinted and they just start exploding in value because they didn't get reprinted. That might not be the case next, uh, this coming, uh, modern season. We're obviously going to get some price movement, I think, but it might be a little more tame than it was, uh, this, this one that just ended. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a little refreshing not to see, like, thousands of percentages on uh, a random card every single day. <laughs> um, all right. So, 
let's do some fish mail. Now, this one is about Moto. Uh, so, Richard, uh, you and Seth can field this one. Uh, sure. So, the question is, uh, is the sky falling on MTGO? Less hyper- hyperbolic, I've been recently made aware that Wizards are implementing sweeping changes to constructed tournaments on MTGO. Cheap amongst these, they're doubling the entry cost of daily events. They're also introducing a new and, frankly, not very transparent play point system. Uh, so he goes on and says, stuff, stuff, stuff. Uh, a, a bunch of legacy grinders on Magic Online, including myself, uh, such as It's Julian and Bara, are getting out of MTGO and selling their collections. I'm very tempted to do the same, but worry about selling in a panic. What should... Uh, myself and other people in a similar situation do. This is from Martin uh, from Copenhagen. What's up, Martin? Thanks for uh, listening to the show. All right, so this is uh, your guys' forte. Yeah. Do you want to comment first? Okay, so, oh, man, I don't know where to start. Is the sky falling on MTGO? I think the answer for me is no. The sky isn't falling, but... That we are in fairly rough shape at the uh, moment. We talked about it a little last week. I wrote an article about it. The main problem with this change is there's so much uncertainty that people are even asking this question. Like, uh, Moto players and legacy players on Moto shouldn't be thinking, should I be selling my collection based on some confusing change that's being made? So this uncertainty, I think, is the root of the problem. The changes that they made, are they good for the players? I don't think typically, no. They're definitely bad for players whose main game is grinding legacy dailies and trying to come out ahead in value. Uh, so that's definitely discouraging. Worth did post an article today which said they are going to reevaluate these changes once they get the data on how many tournaments are firing, how the economy is looking, whether or not I believe that they'll actually change anything is another story, but they did admit that there is that possibility uh, so I wouldn't sell your collection. I haven't sold my collection. I just checked it again today. My collection, which is several thousand dollars of moto money, has lost 20% of its value in the last week. And Ooh. I don't have any intention or plans of selling it. And even less so now that the prices have decreased. I think they will rebound eventually. How quickly this happens, I don't know. But my feeling is just to stand pat and wait it out. We've been through some pretty bad situations on Magic Online before, and so far, every time the economy has recovered and the program has went on. Yeah, so to add on to that, so I, I don't think Magic Online is going to disappear. Um, I think there will always be people playing standard. I think Wizards will fix anything that comes up like magic online is important to them um you know they they push they push commercials during the pro tour for magic online right so they actually care about it it makes them a lot of money so i believe they'll try to keep making it work uh what i don't like about the news is the direction that vintage and uh legacy are going um so they they made the announcement about uh legacy vintage and popper events uh they basically changed them from daily events to something between a daily and an eight man and a lot of people are turned off by that, um, myself included. Uh, it seems like the last stronghold of Legacy is going away. You know, the, the first death of Legacy was SEG uh, cutting the, the Sunday coverage. And, you know, everyone's just like, okay, we'll just play a Moto now, right? And 
you know, there were never issues with legacy daily events firing, but now they're kind of uh, reducing them even more. So now we play in a glorified eight man. Um, and, you know, if you lose two rounds, uh, you're probably going to get a buy the third round anyway. So, you know, the, the amount of legacy play you can get in is going to be very low now. And we've already started seeing the repercussions of the events. I know there was a post on Reddit asking about why a, a modern daily didn't fire. And I don't know if I've heard that ever happen recently. So, I don't know. Moto, in general, I'm not too concerned about, but Legacy, which is kind of what I play, like, I don't know, I think this could be the end of it, right? Like, we need lots of people to be playing Magic Online. Like, maybe the program doesn't go away, but it's certainly not growing as fast, right? It's certainly not gaining ground on Hearthstone, right? So that in itself is kind of a failure, um, but I don't think... Your val, your, you know, your collection will disappear overnight. Redemption is always still here. So, you know, the, the value of the individual cards has a certain, uh, floor for the redeemable sets. So basically the standard legal sets. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. And I mean, with legacy and vintage in specific, even online, these are expensive formats to buy into compared to standard or most modern decks. So the fact that these formats are being treated as lesser, when, if anything, I would think the players should have equal or even more of a reward for investing so heavily into the program that they can have a $1,000 or $1,500 deck build of digital objects, it's really disappointing to see this portion of the Moto community being treated so poorly. Those are great points. Uh Richard, yeah, you you did mention something, and just to chime in here, not that like I'm a moto expert or anything like that. Um, I mostly get my moto updates from Seth's uh, disgruntled <laughs> tweets and our conversations <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, Richard, you did you did mention it again. Um, you know, in terms of legacy and, and moto and its success, I don't. We compare the the program a lot to Hearthstone. And how successful Hearthstone and in comparison to MTGO and it needs to catch, you know, be more popular to Hearthstone. And I get that. But for now, it just seems like, you know, forget Hearthstone. It just has to, like, get out of its own way at this point. Right. Like you you, you mentioned it yourself. It's not growing. Yep. So the, the changes that they're making are not making it more appealing. So at this point, they just have to focus on just making Moto appealing and then worry about the Hearthstone thing later. I mean, it just seems like it's it's just inhibiting itself, and they're just dealing with their own uh, ineptitude and the, the the client being its own enemy. Yeah, and then part of the problem is the community, and I, I guess we're kind of part of that problem. But like, <laughs> you see a lot of questions on Reddit, like, should I play Magic Online? It's like, why is that even a question? Right? Like, if you play Magic and you like Magic, why is there not an online version for you to play? And why do you need to ask people if you should play it or not? Right? It should be a foregone conclusion that, yes, there's something online and it should be great. Right? But the fact that it's not, like, apparently great, like, you know, if someone has never played Magic online before, they see it, they're like, uh, it looks a little weird. Is it good? Do I have to spend money? Can I use my paper cards? Is there any way to transfer? I have to buy two of everything? Like, for the person who, you know, doesn't follow all the MTG news and they just casually see news about Magic Online, it's pretty negative and it's pretty bleak and it turns them off from the program. 
And I think that in itself is a problem, right? It, it's kind of stopping the natural growth of the program. So, you know, Wizards should be doing things like, oh, look, Magic Origins is coming out. Everyone get a free draft, right? That would kind of look good to all the players, right? They're like, oh, you know, I, I don't know what Magic Online is, but yeah, I'll make an account and play a free draft. Why not, right? But we don't see any of that, and we kind of just see the the negative circle jerk go around, right? Some of it is warranted, some of it is not warranted, but, you know, there's just far too many posts on Reddit about people unsure of Magic Online and should I invest and should I play, whereas you don't really see that for other games, right? People are just like, yeah, just play the game. If you don't like it, don't, don't play it, right? But people yeah, are very... Yeah. Uh, cautious about Magic Online due to the the current reputation. And I think that's, I mean that's a great point. Go ahead. And Seth. I think part of it is also the expense. Like compared to Hearthstone or something, you have to make a significant investment to really play Magic Online. So yeah. when you're thinking, do I want to do this or not? You're not making a oh I'm going to put in two dollars and play an arena and see if I like it. You're thinking at the minimum I'm putting in ten dollars to start an account plus another $14 to do a draft, and that's only, you still don't have cards in your collections or a deck to play, so you're looking at a multi-hundred dollar investment in many cases compared to buying a video game for 50 bucks or paying $2 for a Hearthstone Arena. Yeah, that is a giant, yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but I mean, when it's compared to, like, exactly like you said, a 199 uh, arena, and if you never, if you don't like it, I mean, what's one ninety nine? You you tried it, you don't like it. But the thing is, you do get the you keep, uh, you do get some sort of reward too, just for one ninety nine. I mean, like you said, there's all these kind of barriers, and what I mentioned before, it just kind of seems like at Moto's in its own way uh, right now, and maybe it has to overcome that before taking on uh, the competition because. Uh, I mean, me and you talk about this all the time off cast, Seth. Uh, you know, it's a really good. It has it has the potential to be really good, and Richard says that all the time too. It has the potential to be really good. Um, you know, maybe I know they're capable of doing something that kind of pulls this back and hopefully uh, revert some of these weird changes going and on. And just to make it clear, Moto is already really good at some things, like. I can jump on and play a draft at any time. I can play a competitive, constructed match at any time. I get to play drafts against uh, LSV and Ben Stark and players that I would hardly ever get a chance to play against in the real world and do this on a constant like basis. Even with constructed in the two-man queues, you run into Joe Lissette and into Willie Adele and like these really great players who are going to make you better by playing against them. So even in its current problematic state, there is some really good aspects of Modo, and that's part of the reason why I'm not planning on selling my collection. Is, is There is benefit there, even in the state it's in right now. So here's, yeah, here's the dream, guys. I want to play LSV sitting in my toilet <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> on your tablet. <laughs> on my tablet. LSV is in his toilet on his phone, and here we are battling across the world in an epic game of magic. That That is the goal. Yep. It should be the goal. I mean, it should be their goal. I mean, I don't see... I mean, that's not really a far-fetched idea these days, you know? I don't know. Would it... You know, I'm all... This, again, this is might come off naive, but would there ever be a time that maybe, like... Because Moto is cross, like, if you make a set, you get to redeem it, right? What about some way of, like, kind of putting 
getting some sort of like paper where, you know, if you do X thing on the paper side, you can kind of do something on the moto side to kind of bridge that gap. Cause you are right there. It's a very heavy investment. And for someone that like me, that's been doing paper their whole life. Like the fact that I have to shell out another X amount of money on moto uh, is kind of have, has always put me off. I mean, it could just be something like Richard said, where they offer free drafts. I mean, that, that seems fine to me. Yeah, it's like free phantom drafts. It costs them nothing, right? Um, but I don't know. I mean, they, if they had a free-to-play way to, to kind of grind through, which I guess what that's what Magic Duels is doing, or even yeah. just like, I spend my $500, I buy my deck, let me just play unlimited games. Give me a, give me a ladder, give me a badge, you know, I'm bronze, right? I'm bronze five, I'm so good, right? Like, you know, just stuff like that would go a long ways towards helping the game. But as of right now, it's kind of do it yourself, mirror the paper world. You know, we kind of enter high stakes tournaments. Now it costs twelve dollars to enter a tournament, so it's like go to your local game store. And yeah, you know, it's like I don't know who wants to do this. Who wants to win tournaments, right? We're all just trying to play people of our own skill. Like I think that's what we really want, right? But you know, they're not really giving it to us directly. But I don't know. Uh, and you don't even have a way to do a lot of stuff that you can do on other unofficial programs. Like, you can't just set up a draft with your friends on Moto. Like, there's no way to get eight of your buddies and join a draft and play together unless you can happen to time it right to all get in the queue at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah. Or your own queue. You know, people have always been I would spend talking about that. so much money if they would let me build a cube, and they could even charge two tickets to everyone to play my cube, and I would buy all the cards if I could run <laughs> cube drafts all the time. Like, they would have so much of my money. But Dude, if I could draft specifically with you and Richard and all that, I would do it. I mean, I would suck, but... Yeah, but I would do it. There's just they don't have an option for any of that stuff, which I think people would pay for. Like that's just missing from the program. Yeah, I mean, I don't play Duels of the Planeswalkers either. But even on Moto, is there like even a way you can just do practice drafts, like with just eight people? No, no. There's no way to do that. Like you don't keep any of the cards; they're just practice. The best you can do is a Phantom. Do they have Phantom draft cues up? I know they have Phantom sealed cues up. I think they have some Phantom draft cubes uh, cues, which are much cheaper than a regular queue, but you're still paying four bucks, maybe. Well, but there's no way to guarantee you play with your friends, right? Like you can't invite yeah, eight yeah. friends or you know seven friends into a a room and play a draft. You kind of yeah. just gotta hope you get in there and like well, quit really quick if someone else gets in there before one of your friends. I, I actually saw Channel Fireball. This was a while ago. Tried to do a Channel Fireball draft where all their teammates drafted against each other, <laughs> and like six of them made it in the queue, and then two random players got in and like ruined the whole thing. So they had to all record their draft with two random players because there's no way to set the draft up uh, that way on Magic Online. Yeah, that just doesn't look good. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't. No. Yeah, I don't know. I think they have to hire you and Richard to go on there and tell them what's what. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're all waiting <laughs> for leagues, but I, I've i lost faith in leagues. At this point. Like, even if they somehow implement it, what they've shown is with their prize structure, they want to make money. They're not looking for, you know, rewarding players for, like, playing thousands of matches of Magic Online. So, That's a damn shame. So my dream of, like, Playing Magic without worrying about money. Like, you know, once I buy the deck, I'm like, why do I need to worry about how well I play? Or, you know, if I tank three dailies in a row, I'm screwed. You know, like, I don't want to worry about these things. 
I don't want to wager money. I just want to play, right? Yeah. And I was hoping leagues would do that, but I don't know. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully the the Magic Online team will listen to the feedback. There's been a lot of feedback and a lot of it very vocal. So hopefully they'll 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 consider it seriously and they'll do something. Um, you know, and we do have all these other TCGs breathing down their neck. So you know, hopefully they don't get complacent and hopefully they actually take action and kind of give us the digital experience that you know Magic deserves, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm pulling for you guys. I, I want it to be a good program for, if anything, for you guys to enjoy. I, I don't. Maybe if they were to restructure it some way uh, where it's more appealing, I would certainly. It would certainly make some things easier. Uh, you know, just recording or showing a, a, a budget deck like you, Seth. I mean, those are that. It's all conducive to doing things like that, and it makes things a hell of a lot easier uh, on those fronts because. It is still a good client uh, in that regard, regard, you know, not discounting the bugs that crop up here and there, but um, it it really has a chance to be a very good uh, online equivalent to Magic. But I I think what you said, Richard, I think they have to just restructure it. You know, it just, the current uh, kind of business model doesn't seem to be working. Well, it's just so short-sighted. Like, everything is based on how can we put as much money in our pockets in the next six months, not how can we make this into a hearthstone where we're making tons of money over the next decade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of questions. Uh, I'm sure uh, the Moto uh, saga will continue over the course of this podcast. So (laughs) Uh, I'm eager to see what ends up happening. And hopefully they are... uh, they they listen to the community feedback because I mean who else would you really would you really listen to um, at this point? All right, so that about does it for this episode. We got to everything, right? We got price movement. We answered the fish mail, pro tours, Star City games. I think that about covers it, right? Yeah, I think so. So I'm pretty hyped for the pro tour. Uh, we should have a lot to talk about next week. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, boxes went up this morning. Oh, I hate you, Chaz. I heard you got one. I got I, one. You both got you, one. Richard, Everyone you got one? Yo, did you, if you followed me on social media, as soon as, so as, I saw it as soon as it went up, and as soon as it took me you know, the five minutes to actually check out, I tweeted it too, and a bunch of the followers got it as well. So it was actually up for like 30 minutes. So. Really? Uh, I, you know, I was at work. I, I, I got it at work. I couldn't believe it. I uh, actually got it before the site went horribly dead. It only took me like three minutes to check out. It was like quite yeah, impressive. It got, <laughs> yeah, it got me. It, you know what's really crazy is I was refreshing the wrong page, and I was like, I'm fucked. There's no way I'm going to get it. I, I'm so I'm such an idiot. But what's weird I, is they didn't tweet or anything this year. They didn't send no, anything No, they out. didn't. No, they did not. I was uh, just it was conveniently refreshing at the right time. Yeah. I, I was refreshing, and then I was like, someone mentioned that it was up, and I'm like, I'm not seeing them. And then I went to the main page, and I was like, oh my god, there's no way they're there. And I ended up getting one. So, congrats, Richard. Awesome. I don't know what to do with it. Maybe I'll give it away. I just kind of want the Liliana, and I don't know what to do with these other garbage page lockers. <laughs> here's the giveaway. Here's like Caraway the... Jace just throw away. <laughs> Here's the planeswalkers I don't want. <laughs> well, what I'm really hoping is someone builds like 
five caller super friends at the Pro Tour. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> all of we... us Spike. Everyone wants the black double face foil ones, and I make bank. There... That's the point. Yeah, there's still a chance that five color legends becomes a thing, or five color collected company. Yeah, with all the flip walkers. Ooh, all of them get hit by collected company, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They sure do. Can you imagine Send how your deck ideas to be? Channel Fireball right now. Make sure their team knows. <laughs> Chandra in a five-color deck. That has to be the worst idea I've ever heard. I, I, it sounds pretty damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even good in a red, mono, red, like, burn deck. How the hell is it going to be good in this? It'll never flip. Yeah, never. But it would be like the worst three-mana 2-2 you could ever see. <laughs> yeah, you can't even ping a creature. No, so, it, it would never untap. <laughs> Dude, how much do you guys think like a San Diego black to bolt would go for? <laughs> oh jeez, maybe like, like five the worst blade blocker ever with the most prestigious printing. How much money do you think it'd be worth? Six, maybe five, six bucks. Like double a normal copy. <laughs> yeah, so three dollars. <laughs> I, I would. <laughs> no, it'd probably yeah, be more so- than that. I bet. Yeah, I'm really hyped. Uh, you're right, Richard. They didn't say they didn't say anything this year, so it was really a hit or miss. I could not believe I got one. I was like, at least I know I was a, a little bit behind everyone else, but it only took me like a minute and a half to check out, so I was good. Could you? I, just hope, buy... I hope the art book is separate though, so I can like look at the art. Book oh, me too. Play. I if I, I know it's pack, not, I can at least look at the art book. I know it's not. Oh, it's together. I know it's. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's inside. So if you. If you were to sell the whole thing, you'd have to sell it unsealed if you want the art book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you Damn. limited to only buying one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're only limited to one. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It w- it wasn't it didn't sell out as fast as the other years, but it was it still sold out pretty damn fast. All right, congrats to me and Richard then, and I guess you got left out, Seth. Yeah, I was busy <laughs> losing money on Magic Online while you guys were buying oh, sweet oh, planeswalkers. Oh, <laughs> rough, rough. Gotta stick to paper. Why man. don't they have the black planeswalkers on Magic Online? That would why would they? Promo. They should. Should be a mock. They can't even promo. Do, they can't even do foils right. Why would they? Oh, they fixed the foils. They actually oh, good okay. apparently, except they kind of screw your computer's resources. Your game crashes, <laughs> but they look better. But they look oh, better. Okay. A lot of people have been praising it. The one good news out of the last update. Update your rigs, man. It's time to get the uh, 980Ti's and the Titans. It takes all of your memories, no matter how much memory and how much oh, processing power you have. It takes all of it. Crash is a titan. That would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that about does it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. We will talk to you guys after the Pro Tour.